Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 204. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Do you want to get control of your restaurant? Are you sick of doing all the little things, the busy work, the stuff that just takes up your time, like scheduling, inventory, and data entry? Well, there's a tool that can help you get time back in your life and systematize your business. It's called QSR Online. To learn more, head over to go.qsronline.com slash unstoppable. Again, that's go.qsronline.com slash unstoppable. Yo, what is going on, all you unstoppable restaurant professionals? It's your host, Eric Cacciatore, and this is the podcast for personal growth in the restaurant industry. We do it by listening to the stories and taking the advice from some of the most successful independent restaurant owners and operators out there. Uh, I have a great show for you today. It's Tuesday. It's been a while since I've done a talk in Tuesday. Uh, we're well overdue for one, and I have a great one for you today. Today, I'm going to be speaking with Bruce Irving of Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. Uh, he's been going hard at it now for almost a year with over 50 episodes to date. Uh, and he's just got some great advice and great content. He's really smart, and he just knows his stuff. Not too long ago, um, we met up because he's only... The next state over. I'm in New Hampshire and he's in Massachusetts, but the states are small on the East Coast, the Northeast especially. So it was only like a 45 minute drive and we connected and we just talked podcasting and it was great and how much similarities we had and common stories. And we just thought it would be great to do an episode together where we list uh, five of the biggest lessons we've learned from interviewing over combined 250 restaurant professionals or 250 episodes of just things we've learned and we've narrowed it down to five things each before recording this we didn't even know what each other wrote down which is really fun but you, you'll hear all about that anyway uh sit back enjoy this episode of what two podcasters interviewing successful restaurant food and service pizza whatever you want to call it have learned in our combined almost four years combined podcasting Tons of great advice in this episode, guys. Here it is. Uh, with excitement, allow, like, well, I mean, it's, this is weird. This is weird. We're just talking about how we're going to introduce each other because we're interviewing each other and we're having a, discover- a conversation. But I'm here with Bruce Irving. Bruce Salo. Hello. <laughs> and uh, we're here together, uh, I guess, uh, just to kind of have a, a discussion on what we've learned with interviewing all these people. So, Bruce, uh, tell the listeners at you know at home a little bit more about you and what you're doing, and I'll do the same for your listeners. Sure. So I uh, run a podcast called the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast, and similar to Eric's, it's a little bit more niche. It's about pizza entrepreneurs, and I throw a little bit of marketing experts in there to help you know, pizza owners and pizzeria owners grow their business. So anybody who's looking to, I mean, there's many different aspects of the listeners, you know, anybody who's looking to get into the business, anybody who's maybe in it for a couple of years and looking to grow. And then I also have, you know, the people who have 10, five, 10 stores who listen in, who I've interviewed and then their friends and, you know, just trying to give people ideas. You know, I was in the pizza industry for a long time and I was fascinated by these guys who 
uh, have, you know, five, ten stores because we had one and then we opened a second one. And it was it was like, how do we do this? This is so difficult. Mm-hmm. How do you get organized and how do you learn how to grow a business and, you know, start a corporation and hire managers and find good talent and train them and build a team? And I, I there was really no place. There was a few trade magazines that talked about it, but there was I'm a, I'm a really big audio guy. I don't really have the attention span for reading. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> so I was like wanting to listen to podcasts, and I would listen to all these different marketing podcasts, but nothing specific to what I did. And I wanted to hear these guys' stories. So you know what? I decided to create the podcast, and you know, it's been a year, and I've been interviewing all these guys that I've always wanted to talk to. So it's it's been a great experience for me. Awesome, man. Uh, great story. And I guess I'll kind of do the same thing. Uh, yeah. Very similar story. So what Bruce has, I grew up in the restaurant industry. I love this industry. Uh, I went to school for aviation, studied commercial uh, aviation. I was a commercial pilot for a while, uh, almost six years. Decided I hated it. I love the restaurant industry. Uh, I resigned from aviation when I was 26 years old, and I just wanted to get back into this industry so badly. And I started listening to podcasts about entrepreneurialism and how I could make it happen by just becoming an entrepreneur and finding a way to uh, do what I love and make money, and I had all this debt from school loans, uh, becoming a commercial pilot. But anyway, I started this podcast because I couldn't find one like it at the time. It was almost, I think it was 2013 is when I really started, you know, putting my energy into this podcast because uh, there was just no resources, no audio resources for the aspiring restaurant professional out there. I think that's kind of like the same reason why you started yours, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, there was nothing out there. so I started this podcast to be a student of the industry, to capture the stories and advice, uh, and and then to take action on the advice of all these incredible restaurant tours who are just killing it and doing great things, trying to find commonalities among all of them, and then share them with other people who are in my situation, who are also just trying to aspire to be something great in this industry. And it's been a blast. But uh, I found your podcast, man. I, uh, I've had people. We had we have a mutual friend, uh, Brandon Hall of Next Restaurants. Great dude. Uh, table touch podcast as well um and he said eric you gotta talk to bruce and you're only like an hour away from me right right yeah down I'm, in, I'm in like i'm a little bit north of boston yeah unfortunately it's snowing here today yeah, it is here in, in southern new hampshire too but uh bruce and i decided to get together um i i called you know i called him up and said all right and call him i shot him a message and said hey man we're doing the same thing we, we gotta talk um do you want to take it from there and tell us you know kind of how yeah i mean we yeah we met up i mean the, for me this is that was not unusual but it was a little unusual because i'm talking to these people who are in california you know indiana they're all over the place so it's not not anybody that's really close to meet someone in person that's doing kind of what i'm doing was just unusual for me you know Mm -hmm. but but i'm you need to meet people face to face there's just something about meeting someone in person and getting to know them and talking about it because you know when you talk to someone over the phone you know eric you got 30 45 minutes an hour and then that's kind of it yeah you know so you don't really have too much time other than to just say what the interview is about, and then go to it. So meeting someone face-to-face gives you that opportunity to say, hey, you know, mm-hmm. learn a little bit more about them than just business. Yeah, and just the, you know, defines – it's a lot of work. Bruce and I put out a lot of episodes. I do two to three a week. I've noticed, Bruce, you've been doing at least one a week. Um, yeah. And it's, it's a lot of work, and to find somebody else – who's doing something you're doing with the same passions, the same drive. It was just a great uplifting experience. I don't know about you, Bruce, but that's how, that's what it was for me. I don't want to put words into your mouth. Yeah, no, I love, <laughs> I love seeing someone, you know, cause you always, you know, when you're doing these podcasts, you're doing it alone other than talking oh, to yeah. these people. Um, you know, when you're just starting out, you don't have a team. You get, I get emails. I don't know about you, Eric, but I get emails all the time from people listening. So that kind of goes, um, builds my momentum and keeps me going from those emails oh, but it, it, it's it could be lonely you know sitting in wherever you are in your office and 
you know, sending out 45 emails and getting two responses back. So, and then, yeah, I mean, long story short, we, we said we, we got to do an episode together. Yeah. Um, so uh, this is that episode. And what we're going to do, uh, I wrote down five things. Bruce wrote down five things of what we've learned, like the biggest takeaways in my uh over 200 episodes and combined almost 250 episodes with Bruce at 50. And he's only been doing this for about a year now, so or less than a year. Yeah, it'll be a year in uh, April. So he's putting out content like a madman, too. And we have learned some great things. It's going to be really exciting to see how many... I, I, I think we're going to have at least two or three things on our list that are exactly the same. We haven't seen each other's list yet. This is exciting. We're, we're yeah. totally shooting from the hip right now. So yeah, this totally. Is, <laughs> it's going to be exciting. Uh, and, Bruce, before we start, man, I've got to make you share a success quarter mantra. This is something that I do. I uh, hope you don't mind. I hope you have one locked and loaded. What do you have for us today? All right, I have... I kind of have... Two. One is the quote I have in my email signature. It says, the way to get started is to quit talking and begin doing. And that's from Walt Disney. And I love <laughs> Walt Disney. I'm a big, huge Walt Disney nerd. But I love the fact – I mean that guy started a business and it's you know a multi-billion dollar company now. And he literally started from nothing. Yeah. And, he's, you know, and he was like – everybody told him he couldn't do it. He failed a bunch of times. Everybody said he was a horrible artist. But he kept moving forward and just not talked and just kept – working and plugging away at it and look what he made yeah, after all that and i saw the the walt way on your website is one of those books you recommend that's one book i have to admit i have not read yet but i've heard so many references to that book and the books i have read that i don't know what my deal is but i, I was giggling bruce because my quote that i wanted to share for your listeners is so similar uh, is it and it's something that i just kind of came up with i'm not quoting anybody but it's kind of a, mal- a mantra that i have which is there ain't nothing to it but to do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I totally agree. I think a lot of people spend too much time thinking about it. And there's another thing that I always say, and I think I mentioned to you when we met, is that you know if you look back at whatever you're building, you know your first product, your first business, and you're excited and happy about it, how it looked in the beginning, you waited way too long. Mm-hmm. You know, when you, you should look back a year or six months and be like, holy crap, I really put that out there and just be totally embarrassed about it. And if you are, that means you just started. You didn't think about what other people were going to think about you or how you looked or what it looked like or how it worked. You just went for it. And then you can always tweak later. Totally, man. And when I think of these words that we're sharing that are so similar, I can't help but think of a book that we both read, which is Think and Grow Rich. You just did an episode dedicated yeah, to I this did. book, uh, Napoleon Hill. And in, in, in that book, he talks about just starting. And if you if you are doing it for the right reasons and you're working hard enough, and you just keep showing up every day with that definite purpose in life. The, the universe will present to you the things you need to accomplish, but you, you just need to start. And if you're starting a restaurant or a pizza place, um, just start, whether it's going and finding a mentor, someone who's doing what it is you want to do, or just reading a book to learn where you need to focus your energy, just pull the freaking trigger and start. Yeah, go, go find, <laughs> like you said, go find someone who's doing what you want to do and say, hey, listen, I will work for you for free. Mm. Teach me what you know. I guarantee you someone out there who's successful will be like, okay. You yeah, know, and if, yeah. if stink after three, three days, he's going to tell you to scram. And if you're good, he's going to want to keep you around because you're working for free. Totally, man. Awesome stuff. Well, we have a list uh, together of 10 potential things that we have to get through. So we should probably get started. And I'm going to let you take uh, the first one. What's the first thing you have on your list, Bruce? All right. The first thing, and I get emails about this all the time. So my number one, are we going from bottom to top or top to bottom? I, I have I'm going to go top to bottom, one through five, and it's in All no right. particular order for me. All right. So this is – I think this is my number one. It might be the most important thing. Is okay. The most successful people that I have talked to know how to find and build a great team. Mm. You know, <laughs> it's I so important it. to find good talent. And 
that's the one thing that Walt Disney do. If you read that book by Walt Disney and or you talk to anybody who worked in the Walt Disney Company, he would hire someone who was an artist and then put them into building Walt Disney World. And they'd be like, I don't know how to do this. And he's like, listen, I'm telling you, you're going to do good at it. You're going to like it. But he was phenomenal at putting people in the right spot. Mm-hmm. And so many people that I've talked to, not interviewed, but talked to, try to find a square peg and fit it into a round hole. They need a manager, so they find someone, and then they try to make him a manager. Mm-hmm. Rather than trying to find someone with good work ethic and talent and aspirations and then teaching them how to make a pizza. It's oh, they, yeah. the other way around. Dude, one thing that makes my blood boil is when people say, there's no good people, I can't find anyone good. And, or they also say, we can't find anybody with experience and it's so hard to find people with experience. And it's like, dude, just hire attitude and right. mold that person with your systems, your training. And But nobody takes the time to, to create those systems and training. But, I mean, I'm sure we're probably going to talk about that in another one of our bullet points. Um, yeah, but we had we both had Mike uh, Ganino on, and he had a good quote. And uh, he's like, you know what? Good people don't look for jobs. They don't need jobs. They already got jobs. You know, yeah. they might be happy in their job, but they have one. So you have to be proactive when you go out and look for people. Like, have a business card with you. And if you're at McDonald's and someone there gives you phenomenal help, hand him your card. Don't be a jerk and say, hey, come work for me. Mm-hmm. But be like, you know what? If you ever need a change or you want to grow, come talk to me whenever you're ready. Awesome you know, that's stuff. how you find good talent because – you hand out five to ten cards a week. Maybe it'll take you six months, but that's going to snowball, and then you're going to be able to find good help. Yeah, always. and the truth is once you get that foundation of amazing people, I mean, greatness attracts greatness, and your job of finding awesome people to work for you is going to get so much easier because people want to be, they want to be a part of something special. And it's right. going to be a ton of upfront work to get that foundation, but it's going to be worth it in the long run. And, Bruce, I knew this was going to happen, man. I knew that we were going to have at least one of the same – things on our list uh, and I, I was afraid we're gonna have a list of like 10 things and it was gonna be like an hour and a half long episode but m- my third thing on my list was surround yourself with people that are better than you at everything yeah. uh and also uh, in in addition to that uh and being willing not to accept credit for any of your of the achievements of your team like you need to surround yourself with the people like you said uh, put them in the right lane in this you know surround make that team of people but also a quote from octavio mantilla um is don't like you can accomplish anything in life if you're not afraid to to see who gets the credit or if you're not afraid to not accept yeah. any of that credit um i mean you're the business owner so you know when your employees do well you're gonna do well yeah. you know if your employees are happy and they come to work and they treat your customers well and they do well themselves it's gonna bleed down to you so don't worry mm-hmm. about you taking all the credit and getting and then saying, hey, when I do good, you'll do good. No, no, no. Well, you should be like, when your employees do good, then you'll do good. Awesome stuff, man. And uh, I guess I'll share mine now, uh, which is kind of very similar to surrounding yourself with people who are amazing at what they do. Know what you're good at and stay in your lane. Um, know your lane and stay in it. And uh, I don't know if that's exactly what you said, but it's similar. But we always, you know, you got to surround yourself with that team. But you got to know where you belong and stay in that lane. And instead of trying to improve uh, where you're weak, improve at what you're what you're good at and be the friggin' best at what you're good at. Yeah, um, I totally agree with that. Uh, that's just mine. And do you, you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I think you, you have a good point. You know, a lot of people are, as Gary Vaynerchuk says, a lot of people are giraffes trying to be rhinos. Mm. You know? <laughs> if you're a giraffe, don't try to be a rhinoceros. Be the giraffe and find a rhinoceros. You know? Absolutely. I think too many people spend too much time trying to improve on what they're shitty at. And they don't work on and focus on what they're already good at and go a mile deep instead of a mile wide. Absolutely. So, so far right now, 
uh, for our list. We've got build your team and put people in the right lanes and then know your lane because you, uh, I mean, you've got to surround your, yourself with the people who belong in those other lanes, but you also need to know your role in just what it, whether it's back of house or front of house or on the books with customer service as a major D like you need to know where you belong and stay in that lane and then, and then fill those holes with the people surround yourself with that team. Like you said. So I think this right. is a great way to start the interview off. Um, do you want to add anything to that topic of just knowing yourself and knowing your lane, or do you want to take it from here? No, I think that, I think I said enough about that. One. All right, sounds good. So, what was the the next thing you had on your list? So, my next one is kind of like what me and you, how me and you met. They get out there, they go to industry shows, and they meet and network with other like minded individuals. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, when you're a restaurant owner or a pizzeria owner, you wake up, you're excited for the day. You know, you're pumped, you go to work, you love what you do, and then you kind of surround yourself, not necessarily that your employees are not good people, but sometimes they don't have the same aspirations that you do. You know, they don't want to own 10 stores. They don't want to own a business in the restaurant industry. They might want to work for you for a couple of years. They're going to school and then go be a rocket scientist. Mm. So you have to surround yourself with people who are like you, like-minded, and really want to grow like you grow. And you can't do that working in your kitchen all day long. You have to take the time and get out there and talk to other people who are like you and have the same aspirations that you do. Yeah, and just to kind of add on to what you're saying about helping people with whatever, wherever it is, you know, help them try to get to where they're going. Um, it's a, kind of a little tangent from what you're saying, but one other thing I've noticed from all these successful people I've interviewed is they understand that the people that are working for them aren't going to be with them forever. And they help that person get to the next level. They are so invested in their people. It's almost like they're pushing people out their doors because they want to see that person be successful in their life. Right. Um, but that that positive energy, and again, we can quote Napoleon Hill with just, you know, just putting positivity into the universe and helping other people. It comes back around you some way, some form. You probably won't even recognize it when it does come back around to serve you. But there's just so much uh, that that happens when you do the right thing by others and you put other people's needs first and you give before you ask. Um, what do you want to say about that? I totally agree. I mean, you have to, you know, your team is, you know, if you're hiring people and you won't invite them over your house, you're hiring the wrong people. Mm, you absolutely. have to be able, you have to be able to trust your employees and let them know that you trust them and then let them grow. And then, like you said, there's got to be a finish line. What's the finish line? Yeah, for sure. And I guess uh, on that note, uh, I'll share mine. And I think this is a good segue because what I have, and this is in no particular order, um, culture. And I think that's a huge part of what you're saying with surrounding yourself with those those like-minded people. Like You have to make it a part of your culture and build it into your business so it's clear for the world to see that this is who we are. This is the kind of person I am. Do you want to be a a part of this team. And that comes from knowing your culture, knowing your vision, knowing your mission and being clear, crystal clear about that in the very beginning. And right. I've noticed, is that something you've noticed with your guests as well? Yeah, totally. I mean, the most successful people who have the most, you know, build, build teams, uh, have multiple restaurants, totally have a culture that they instill in all their employees. And to the point where, you know, when you walk in to grab an application, they say that, you know, 30 to 40% of them don't even fill out the application because of all the stuff they ask. So, uh, those are potential employees that you know you might hire because they have a pulse, and then you have them work for you, and then three months later they're gone. So you're better off letting people know who are trying to work with you what you're what you expect, what your culture is, how are you going to work, and then you can kind of weed them out before they even get in there. And then you then you have a culture in your kitchen or your restaurant that's everybody is on the same page. 
Absolutely. And uh, really what it boils down to is tapping into those higher needs. Uh, when you start a restaurant or a pizza place, you're not going to be paying the people the best in the world. A lot of these people are, are heart-heavy people who are working because they either love hospitality or serving others. or uh, But you know, just if you can tap into one of their higher needs, whether it be a sustainable effort with your restaurant or giving back to your community, philanthropy, like – there's got to be something else behind your restaurant, uh, something that makes you different from all the other restaurants that people want to be a part of to tap into right. a higher need. So, because it's not enough to get a paycheck today, you really have to be more than a paycheck to somebody. Yeah, I mean, a paycheck's obviously important to most people, but like you said, what's the difference between your place and the place down the street? You know, yeah. If the place, if you're both equally the same, you sell a similar product, you know, you don't have any way of standing out. What's the difference? The difference is only pay. It's just mm-hmm. like when you have a product. You know, if your product, if you don't have a way to serve your product or be unique, then uh, your customers only cho- choose you based on price. Mm-hmm. So you have to you have to stand out and make your product a little different. And then the same thing goes for your atmosphere in your restaurant. Yeah. And uh, speaking about culture, there's one person in particular that comes to mind uh, when we're talking about culture and the impact of knowing your your purpose and having that vision. Um, do you know who I'm about to say? I'm curious if you can take a guess. Uh, Nick Cirillo? Yes, sir. That's yeah. exactly who I was going to talk about. And one thing that he he does at, at his restaurant is uh, on the you know hiring page, he has a list, like a, a page you have to go to before you even fill out a resume or an application, rather. Um, it, it just it goes through their core values, their culture, and it lists exactly who they're looking for. And at the end, it says, if you're one of these people, then great. Fill out an application. If this isn't you, you know. But right yeah. there, you're, you're filtering out. A majority of the people who are like, wow, like this, this, you know, maybe this isn't going to be right for me. Like they set that standard of excellence from the very beginning. And then, you know, if you're on that team and you got to bring it. And uh, I think that's one thing that not enough people do is to set that standard of excellence in their culture from the very beginning. Yeah. Nick's a great guy too, though. He was a good interview. Good, easy to talk to. Oh yeah. Very knowledgeable stuff. He has a great yeah. book too. We should probably pitch that book for Nick. A, a slice of the, the pie, I believe was what it's yeah. called. Yep. I don't know the entire hold on, I think I have it right here next to me. Let me grab it. Uh a slice of the pie. How to build a big little business. Awesome yeah. guy, awesome book, great story there. So uh all right, so so far, just to go through the list of what we have is uh build a great team, know your lane, surround yourself with like minded people, and establish an outstanding culture. What is your next item to share? So is this number three? Um this is I don't think we're going to get it. It's going to be a weird number right, depending on go, what we share. Yeah, we'll just go through the list here. Yeah. All right. So my number next one is know your finish line. I think that too many people get into the business and they don't know what the finish line is, what the mm. finish line looks like. And then they end up 20, 30 years later and they're in the same spot because they don't have a goal. Not that you want to have a finish line like, okay, I'm going to open this business and I'm going to sell it in 10 years. That doesn't necessarily have to be the case. It could be I want to open this business, and in five years, I want to open another one. But if you don't know what your goal is or where that finish line is, there's no purpose to, to strive every day to get better and improve. You're kind of just going through the motions. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, you need to have something to work for or work towards. You need that end goal. Um, I, it reminds me of the seven habits of highly effective people. Uh Stephen R. Covey talks about starting with the end in mind and knowing where you want to go because if you know where you want to go, you can make the process of getting there so much better <laughs> like and, and intentional. Uh, it's really important. And that trickles down to your staff too because if your staff knows that when they hire, when they get hired, they start as a dishwasher, for example. Yeah. Okay, 
you got to be a dishwasher till you're three months or you know how to do this job, they have a goal. And mm-hmm. just you got to lay it out for them too because if the employees come in and they don't know what the process is, they just feel like, okay, I'm going to start at $10 an hour for say. And you know, you just make $10 an hour until the owner feels like giving you a raise or you ask. That's like not a really good way to run a business. You have to let them know what they're working for every day as well because if they know what they're working for, they know the process and what to do, and then they come in motivated and with a purpose as well. Yeah, listening to you talk, it reminds me of a name you probably recognize too if you read that book, Slice of the Pie, Rudy Mick, the consultant that uh, that Nick Cirillo was uh, working with. Yeah. I had him on the show, and um, as far as you know, uh, know the finish line. If you're you can you can talk to him about goals like, like on a timeline, but also if you he says quote unquote you need to paint a picture of perfection. You need to show your team when you're building out these processes and these procedures what perfect looks like, so they know how to do their job to the fullest potential and what you right. expect from them. Um, it's like you go to you go to high school, right? And you could be a straight A student. You don't go to high school forever. Mm-hmm. You graduate, you know? You go to school for four years, no matter how good you did, in four <laughs> years, you're done. Yeah. So it's the same like that with your employees. You know, you yeah. can have the best employee, but if he's the best employee, give him something. Team up with him. Partner with him. Mm-hmm. Give him some kind of promotion or opportunity to partner with you if they're that good. But you can't just have a great employee and expect them to just stay with you forever. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think um, this is a, a great time for my next my next suggestion or the, the one of the things I've learned from doing the show is systems, processes, procedures, protocols. And it sounds so like, ugh. like when you hear those words, you're just like, Oh, I'm, I'm not a chain. I'm not a franchise. I'm not right. a corporation. Like, why would I do all that stuff? That's not me. That's so, that's such a suit. That's so hierarchical or what's the word I'm looking for? A hierarchy. Like, yeah, you know, like I, like, I have that on my list too. Yeah. But it's so important. And I mean, I'll let you share. Why do you think it's important? And then I'll counter. I think it's important because if you don't have systems and procedures in place, you don't have a business. You have mm-hmm. a job. You mm-hmm. might have a high-paying job, and you might have a really good job that you enjoy, but it's not a business. If you mm-hmm. can't step away from your business for a month or two months and it run the, exactly the same whether you're there or not, you don't have a business. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Nope. And uh, one of the questions I ask, Bruce, all my guests is about failure. Um, and the reason why I ask is because I think we, you know, we can learn so much from the success stories of people, but we really learn from those failures and like what people had to go through the lowest of the lows and almost, I would say 90% of the time, um, whatever the failure was, uh, it usually stems from a lack of systems, processes, procedures. For example, one of the most common failures was opening a second location too soon or not having enough people in place to handle both locations. But what happens is these people, they build these restaurants and they're very heavy people dependent restaurants. So when that person who built that restaurant leaves to go open another restaurant, restaurant B, restaurant A starts to fall apart when they're not there because they don't have those systems and processes in place. Right. Um, that's just one example. Another example is work life balance. One of the reasons why people don't have enough time for their life is because they can't get away from their kitchen or their front of house or their restaurant just because they have to be there or it crumbles without them. And the, what systems do is they create system-dependent restaurants where you plug people into a turnkey operation that runs without you. This is, I'm not saying you should create a restaurant and never be there. I'm just saying like you need to create it like you might get hit by a car tomorrow and it can still operate like you never <laughs> left. Right. What do you have to say about that? I think that I agree with that 100%. And I also think that, you know, people make mistake of, okay, they have one successful restaurant 
and then they try to duplicate that exact restaurant somewhere else mm-hmm. where you know maybe it's not the right fit for that place you know you might I interviewed a guy, Tony Gimignani, who has 16 restaurants, and all 16 restaurants are a little bit different. Mm-hmm. I just listened and, to that interview. Awesome. Yeah. He, he says, you know what? Look at where you want to open the restaurant, and then look at the clientele, look at the demographic, and then build your restaurant based on what you want to do and then what the area will provide. You know, Don't necessarily just take your restaurant that's successful and duplicate it and plunk it down. I mean, you can, but it doesn't necessarily have to be like that. And I think a lot of people make that mistake is they open a second restaurant exactly like the first with expectations it's going to be just as busy as the one that's been there for 20 years, and it's not. And yeah. you have to you know, look at what's around you and what's working and then you know, dumb it down a little bit. Absolutely. But, I mean, it, it just there's just so much – that can happen just from systematizing a process. Again, it kind of goes back to painting that picture of what perfection looks like. You need to give people the tools and make it pot. Like you, you need to, when people know what they're supposed to do, it empowers them. They're good at their job and everyone is much happier. It's a great thing for culture. It, it has so many significant impacts throughout your business. It's just, don't think of it as a suit thing to do or a corporate thing to do. Think of it as just being organized and helping you know what? I think in in the pizza industry it might be a little bit different for the restaurant because yeah but the, the pizza industry I feel the owners are so bogged down with the day-to-day that they look at okay if I write everything down that's gonna take me you know two three four hours a day for months and then mm-hmm. it's just a huge investment in the beginning but with any investment you have to put in the time in the beginning and if you put in the time in the beginning Knowing that in the long run it will pay off, you have to just do it. Like a lot of people are afraid to start with that because it's a lot of work. You know, you work 12, 15 hours a day already, and then you're going to add two or three more hours of that of writing stuff down every day. Mm. You know, it's a huge process, but you got to do it because it's a short term process. You know, it has an end. It's not like you have to spend three hours a day forever. Yeah. You spend three hours a day till it's done, and once it's done, it's done. There's Absolutely, no more to do. Man. Yeah, so much like in your life will be so much easier once you get it done. Like, Oh, I could talk all day about this, but yeah. we've got to keep working through right. the list. So that was on my list, too. That was my, my list, too. And I want to share a resource because I don't know about you, Bruce, but I love sharing resources when I know about something that can help people with things. Like one resource, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it's called Sweet Process. Are you familiar with Sweet Process? No, I'm not, actually. It's an app that was designed to help people with systematizing their business. Like it, you, you put in whatever the – whether it's making a sub and then it helps you – like break that down into steps or like a checklist or whatever the thing is. It could be closing for the night or opening for the morning. Like it helps you systematize your business. It's it's called sweet process. Uh, awesome stuff. Check that out. Yeah. Uh, and I almost forgot to mention, guys, you can get a 28-day free trial of Sweet Process by going over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash sweet process. Uh, and now let's just take a quick break to thank our sponsor, and we'll get right back to this list. We all know the challenges of running a restaurant. Is the staff productive? Are the menu prices set to the right profitability? Am I getting the best prices from my suppliers? Do the customers continue to have the experience you envisioned? You probably have a handful of service providers, software, and people all trying to pull together your systems for managing your restaurant. From the managers doing labor scheduling and taking inventory to your bookkeeper entering invoices and sales numbers from the POS, your employees, providers, and you are tasked with several costly endeavors, both in time and money. Have you ever stopped to consider just how much all these activities are costing you? Well, I would like to tell you about a service that automates all these tasks and does much, much more. 
QSRonline.com. QSR Online was started by people in the restaurant industry who saw how much wasted effort there was in their business and set out to build a better system, and they've been helping restaurateurs for over a decade minimize and control their costs. To learn more, head over to go.qsronline.com slash unstoppable. That is go.qsronline.com slash unstoppable. Now back to the list. Yeah, you go, you go. All right. Um, so my next one, I kind of, I had, they have systems. They write everything down. So that was one of mine. So we kind of had the same thing there. Mm-hmm. My next one is they treat it like a business from the beginning, which means they hire people to do specific jobs. They don't sit there and mop the floor, make the pizzas, answer the phone. They go into the business treating it like a business. Like we, like we were talking about systems. They mm-hmm. have a system in place to opening the business, you know? They're going to be the CEO, and they're going to hire managers. They're going to hire staff. They're not going to do anything. Not that they don't want to do anything. It's they want to make the process where they don't have to do anything. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I think that's a huge one for growth. You know, you can't grow if you're sitting there and you have to do the dishes and mop the floor and make the schedule. And, you know, you can't do that on a daily basis and grow grow a successful business. You're just going to have a job. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's it's a great segue from what what I was just saying on systems and processes. Like you have to – I mean we love – I mean, I'm speaking broadly, but we love this line of work. Usually people do it because they like making other people happy. They love serving. They love food. Um, You need to make it so you can just focus on that one thing. Like I said earlier, stay in your lane. And then when you create these systems and processes and procedures, you make it so you can focus on that one thing you do. And it's it's like the story from the E-Myth, the lady who had the, the pie shop, right? And she's great at making pies. She loves making pies. But she opens a restaurant or a, a, a pie shop, and then she realizes she hates being a business owner because she has to do all this extra stuff that's not making pies. But you can systematize and add processes to all that extra stuff and then delegate it to somebody who's actually good at that stuff and make your life better because now you're just focusing on making pies, what you loved in the first place. Right. There's so many uh, – the world is so much smaller now than it used to be with technology and the internet and mm-hmm. – you know, the internet's been around for a long time. I know that, mm-hmm. but it hasn't been around to the extent it was today. You know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, you didn't have a computer in your pocket called an iPhone. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's so much more information and technology available to help you grow your business. You need to embrace that and use it. Like you said, if you, you know, some people open a pizzeria because they love making pizza. Great. Make pizza every day. Hire someone to answer the phone. Hire someone to do your taxes. Hire someone to do your inventory. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to spend money on your business to don't do it, uh, you know, without without recklessness. You know, don't do it just to throw money around. But do, like you said, do what you like to do, and train and hire people to do the things that you don't like to do. Mm-hmm. I think that's um, a ma- major process. The the main point of this podcast is, you know, all these kind of things go together. Is find people to help you. You got to grow a business. You got to find good people. You, you know, know what you're good at. Try to find people to do the things that you're not good at. Don't waste time trying to learn those things, even if because you, you probably don't like doing them. That's why you're not good at them. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I just went through my list, and the one thing that we haven't mentioned yet uh, that I wrote down is uh, kind of a combination of two things, but patience and scale. Um, and it's kind of we talked about it earlier, but setting those attainable goals and knowing that it's not going to happen overnight, and to just be determined. Um, live intentionally and just so much of what we already said just goes into this. Uh, I think so many people, they, they want to open a restaurant and they do the right thing. They pull the trigger, they start, 
but they set really stupid, unrealistic goals, <laughs> and yeah. they get discouraged so easily. Like, just be realistic and set short, obtainable goals, um, and be patient. And I think a great example of this is one of my most recent guests, uh, Richard Alaire, who uh, he got into this industry when he was 24 years old is when he started cooking, and he just was a natural, and he... For 15 or 12 years or whatever it was, at least 10 years, he just took job after job after job, learning all the different roles, uh, and he turned down executive chef opportunities. Like, he he had opportunities to expand, but he said, no, like, I want to make sure I know how to do everything I need to know. Like, like I want to know this industry inside and out. And now he's super successful. He's He has one pizza place. Uh, you should check this guy out. Yeah, what's um, his name again? It's uh, Chef Richard Erlair. He has a business partner. Uh, the, it's Providence uh, Coal Fire Pizza. All right. I'll check it. I will locations. definitely check that out. Yeah. Uh, but now he has another uh, restaurant in Warren, Rhode Island. Um, uh, another yeah. restaurant called Medicom Kitchen. But he didn't – he even failed. Like he tried to open that restaurant, Medicom Kitchen, when he was just starting the pizza places. And uh, the banks pulled out because they said, hey, you have too much going on. Like take a break and like just know like – the second time we tried to open Medicom Kitchen, he started with a way more practical, uh, more obtainable goals. And I think that's just one lesson I've learned. Just, yes, start. You know, it, There ain't nothing to it but to do it, but be smart about it and be patient and don't give up because sometimes things happen just before that tipping point. Like you quit just before that tipping point where things really start to take off for you. Yeah. Um, so There's a good book about that from Seth Godin called The Dip. The Dip. 76 page book it takes yeah. an hour a little over an hour to listen to that in audio and if you listen to audiobooks like me at like 1.5 or times two <laughs> yeah. you can get through that in like 45 minutes and yeah it's an incredible book i agree i used to you. try to listen to audiobooks at 1.5 and then i realized that at 1.5 i have to listen to the book three times so i should probably just listen to it at one <laughs> i listen to it at one and then i listen to it again at, at times two so and i just take notes to get my thoughts down yeah it's um, a good idea it, that way, like, if, if I'm doing, like, a review like you do, I listen to it twice at one to really let it soak in. And then yep. again at times two just because it's just a refresher and you already yeah, listen totally. to it. That's a great um, book. Totally. And it's only, like, if you have 45 minutes in your day or an hour and a half in your day, that's one book you can listen to on your commute to and from work. Like, it, that's that's one other thing we should put down here is learning. It's not on my list. Yeah, I didn't put that on my list too. I don't, it's on my personal list. I don't know why I didn't put it on this list. Yeah. I don't ask people. You know what it is? When I do the interviews, I try to keep them to thirty minutes, so I don't. I don't ask them for resources or books. I probably should. Mm. Um, but I'm sure that's on the list. It's, I mean, it's on my list. Reading a book. I read a book one book a week. Listen to a book a week. I try to because I'm not a very smart guy to begin with. So I need all the help I can get. I think you're you're a pretty smart, dude, Bruce. Don't don't be so hard on yourself. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I totally agree with you, man. Like. It, it, I think I'm, I keep on uh, referencing the seven habits of highly effective people, but he calls it sharpening the saw. Uh, and especially in today's age where the world in front of us is changing so fast. I mean, that blade gets dull way faster now. You know what yep. I'm saying? Like there's things that change that you have to stay with it and you have to stay current. And the other thing too, when I read, man, I don't know about you, but it pumps me up. Like yeah. I get filled with motivation and inspiration and I just want to tackle life. And totally. podcasts do the same thing for me. I don't know about you, but audiobooks and podcasts, dude, they just drive me. Yeah, I agree 100%. I have my earbud in all day. 
Yeah, so uh, I guess, I mean, have you, do you have anything else on your list that you want to share, or do we hit everything? I think we hit everything. I think, you know, we ended with the book, with the book uh, reading and learning. I think that's a huge process and just getting out there and embracing technology. I think that, mm. um, you know, you need to get out there and listen to podcasts. There's so many out there, good ones. You know, Eric's is great. Um, there's so many other ones about business. Just go to, you know, with the iPhone or in Stitcher radio, whatever. I mean, they're going to be in cars pretty soon. So just oh, get yeah. out there and search business. I mean, if you're not interested in business, just writing or learning how to speak a different language. I mean, anything to get your brain uh, moving in the right direction is is helpful, and with technology, you can literally stick it in your pocket and do it while you're at work. So yeah, and you know, uh, to to kind of elaborate and to take that topic on technology and systems even further, like that's what technology is. It's a system that's been fine tuned, and there's, we're surrounded by so many like pieces of technology that can be literally plugged into our restaurant to make one functionality of our restaurant like ten times x times better, like. Right. That's another reason why you need to embrace technology because the one thing, the one equalizer is time. Whenever you can find a way to get more time in your life, it, it's such a, an advantage. And there's so many ways you can leverage technology to gain time in your life. So I agree 100%. Um, yeah, man. I could just – I feel like if we just go back and forth, we could talk all day. Yeah. <laughs> this would be a four-hour podcast. I know. Um, so, I mean, just to summarize, I was taking notes as we were going. The We ended up with one, two, three – four, five, six, seven, eight items on the list. Um, and that is build your team or build a great team, uh, know your lane, surround yourself with like-minded people, uh, create an awesome culture, know your finish line or know your goals or have a picture of perfection, uh, systems, processes, procedures, treat it like a business from the beginning and then patience. That, that is the summary of today's episode. I, I mean, it's a good episode. I think that it's going to bring a lot of value to a lot of people. And I hope so, man. And, and uh, you know, those, those are it's pr- pretty consistent. Pretty con- those eight things are pretty consistent over. You know, I've talked to seventy five hundred people at this point, and you know, they all have those things in place when they have successful businesses. You know, it's not easy. Some of them say, "Hey, listen, I opened a store." Tony Gimignani on my last podcast. If you're listening to this when it comes out in January of 2016. Um, a couple episodes ago, you know, he says, you know, he has 16 restaurants and in the pizza industry, he's, you know, the probably, I don't want to say the most successful person, but the most well-known guy in the pizza industry. And he's another great example of patience because he didn't start, like he had opportunities. He won these, yeah. these competitions and people were approaching him and he took time. Yeah. Know? And he says, he says, listen, I have 16 places and you know what? Not everyone does great. Some of them mm-hmm. aren't doing so great. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, it's like you said, you need to have expectations and set those expectations, but sometimes you need to pivot. Mm-hmm. And you know, and you need to know when it's time to pivot, and when it's time to keep yeah. diving forward. Mm-hmm. Awesome stuff, man! Uh, I could I could talk to you all day. This was fun. Uh, one thing I love to do is to uh, have calls to action, um, things that people can do after listening to this uh, to take action, and not just to listen and get inspired, but send them in the right direction. Um, so I think we should recommend some books that our my listeners have recommended to me, and that you read a book a day. What are some books that you think are just like maybe give me I, hold on books. a second i need to stop i don't read a book a day i read a book a week or a week a week sorry yeah. <laughs> I'm like, i wish i could read a book a day <laughs> speed reader i meant to say yeah man i'd be a genius yeah <laughs> um but yeah i could uh i could give you some books right now like obviously we've mentioned the dip that's a really quick read yeah i just did a book review um think and grow rich that's an oldie but a goodie i think that's the first book everyone should read just to get clarity and what they want to do and the importance of 
that book is essentially our podcast 40 years or 60 years ago, 50, 70 years ago, whatever it was. Yeah, 1930s so, it came out. Yeah, Napoleon Hill was interviewing like the Rockefellers of the world at the time and trying to find commonalities of what all these successful people had. And it's so beautifully written. Um, but that is a must read if you want to be successful in life. Yeah, I think that, you know, uh, uh, I think a good book, Walt Disney, an American original, I always suggest that book because it's yeah. not necessarily a Disney book, but it's about how Walt Disney built the Disney company, mm. you know, and he had many, many failures to the point where he he created uh, the first character that he created actually got stolen from him, really? Oswald. Yeah, he had it. He was doing it really successful. And the publisher said, you know what? You don't even own that. I own it. I'm taking it from you. Wow. And then he created Mickey Mouse. So he really went out of business, failed, got bank, cre- uh, had to file for bankruptcy before he even created Mickey Mouse. Man, so many lessons to take away from that. Just to keep on going, uh, yeah. fail, fail fast. Use all those lessons from the first time you tried, uh, and to do it right the better the second time out. But yeah, uh, I have to read that book. And one other book I think is a must read. I already kind of re- referenced it. Is the E Myth, which is talks to you about the it's the book to read if you're serious about systematizing and creating structure in your business. Yeah, I, I've read that book. That's a great book too. There's a newer version of it, the Myth Revisited. Mm, that's right. Which that's is like the one a, I read. Sorry. Yeah, which is an updated version of the original one, with, which was I think it was in the 80s or early 90s. The first one was made. Um, yeah, and uh, I mean, can you think of? I'm trying to. I'm going through a list and look. Trying to think of books that. There's another book by I like Gary Vaynerchuk. You should follow him on Twitter or on Facebook or wherever you are because he he has a uh, another podcast called. I don't even actually know what the name of it's called. Do you know what the name of his podcast is called? No, but Gary Vaynerchuk, he's a great guy. He has a book called Crush It. He has Jab, 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 Right Hook. And it's just about um, social media and how to communicate with your customers in not a non-pushy way. Like treat every customer one-on-one. You know, Say hello, talk to them. Don't try to sell them on every single thing you're doing. I think a lot of people with social media try to push out their stuff all the time. Push, 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 push. Mm-hmm. They don't interact with their customers and you know ask what they want. That uh, just probably push your product. That podcast is Ask Very or Ask Gary V. Yeah, that's show. a great podcast. podcast. So he's only it's like twenty twenty five minutes a show, and he gets questions and he answers a lot yeah. of questions. If you look up Gary Vaynerchuk, super successful guy when it comes to the online world. And uh, one podcast I'm going to recommend is one that I recently started listening to and I love, and it's Mixer G. Uh, awesome, awesome podcast. I can't think of the host Mixer G. Um, Andrew Werner. Andrew Werner. Thank you very much. Awesome. Really, uh, really kind of a gritty interviewing approach. He interviews successful entrepreneurs from all walks of life. Um, and he takes, he really gets into those personal questions. He reveals some stuff that people normally just wouldn't talk about. Um, right. But the kind of stuff that would help you, the, you know, the, the true realness of being an entrepreneur he really gets behind it and uh it's a great podcast he puts out three episodes a week so that's amazing i mean I, that's a lot of work i think we should probably just stop talking now bruce i think All right. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're at like over 40 minutes now and um i think we would just go all day if we just didn't put a stop to it but hey man great idea to, to get together to do this episode together and uh do support bruce uh check out his podcast Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast, uh, awesome resource. If you're in the pizza business or any restaurant business, really, the, the lessons you learn can be applied anywhere. Um, and Thanks, man. Give you, yeah, plug your website, too, for my listeners. Uh, it's restaurantunstoppable.com, uh, and that's Restaurant Singular, iTunes, Stitcher Radio. Just Google search Restaurant Podcast, and this is my little bragging. This is when I kind of uh, puff up my <laughs> chest a little bit. It's the, the number one search result on Google for a restaurant podcast, so that's a good. That's hard to do too. There's a lot of money. It was a lot of work. 
Yeah. <laughs> awesome, right. man. It was good to talk to you. Thank good you so much for having me on. Uh, no problem, man. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me on your show. There's no questioning. This is what I do with all my guests, so I have to do it. There's yep. no questioning, man. You are unstoppable. Thank you so much. <laughs> all right, man. We'll keep in touch. Yeah, you too, man. Well, that was just a lot of fun. Thank you, Bruce, for coming out and uh, having this conversation with me, sharing this list of ours, uh, reflecting on all the things we've learned, interviewing all these successful people, some definite commonalities in our list. Uh, I knew it was going to happen. Uh, just It was just cool to reflect and uh, to share this conversation with somebody doing something so similar. But if you guys want to see a list of all the things we recommended to see the list itself and then to get a list of the books and podcasts and services that were recommended on this this podcast, head over to restaurantsunstoppable.com slash 204. You'll find all the links there. Don't forget to head over to smartpizzamarketing.com. I'll have links to the show notes there as well. And also, uh, we mentioned a ton of books in this episode. Don't forget, you can get a free audiobook by heading over to audibletrial.com slash unstoppable. Uh, if you use that link, you will support the show and you'll get a free book. I mean, you can't, you can't get much better than that, right? Win-win situations are what I'm all about. So <laughs> head over there, grab your free book, support Restaurant Unstoppable. And uh, other ways you can support the show, just reach out to me. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like. Tell me who you think I should have on the show. Five-star reviews also really help support the show, really helps with the show's ranking. And uh, just spread the word. Tell everyone and anyone you know who has aspirations to do incredible things in the restaurant industry. If they want to open their own place or if they're in the process of opening their own place, tell them about this resource. Uh, they need the inspiration. They need that motivation. And I have over 200 episodes of people doing just that. So I guess that's all I have today. Thank you guys so much for joining us and being a part of this Talking Tuesday. Until next time, peace out.